0: then we just sort of migrated into video when the opportunity to interview Russell Peters came up. And the moment we realized it can actually turn into something was when Russell had openly said, you know, during the pandemic, they were some of the darkest days of my life. Mm -hmm. And his ex had, you know, him and his ex had split up. She had taken his kid and he's like, I'm in this 12,000 square foot house. I don't have a single photo of my child. And he's like, that was the darkest moment of my life. And when he was opening up to us, and I was like, this is episode number one.
1: Mm-hmm. I was yeah, like, like, I this... think we're onto something yeah. here. Mm-hmm. As
0: of January 1st, 2023, uh, the first 15 episodes of Jen's Talk, which is season one, mm-hmm. are now featured on all domestic international Air Canada flights. Yay!
1: <laughs> Founded in 2017, Startwell is Toronto's independent hub for innovators to collaborate our podcasts relate perspectives from the world's most diverse urban population to reflect unique insights into global business media and culture So, Samir Matthew, thanks for joining me in the studio.
0: Thanks for having us.
1: It's awesome to have people who work in the studio join me on the mic to talk about working in the studio. Yeah. It's kind of meta. A little bit. (laughs) Full circle moment. Yeah. You guys are the guests. How does it feel? (laughs) Good.
0: Uh, I feel like I should be asking you questions right now, but I'm just trying to
1: like, nope, that's not what you're doing here. You're just sitting back and... Today, you get to share your story. Yes. (laughs) Um, so tell me a little bit about how you guys know each other before we jump into the kind of the, the show that you do in this studio, let's talk about like your relationship. Like, how do you guys know each other?
0: Yeah. So what was it? 2021? I'm bad with years, but sure. Okay. So 2021, um, so I'm the editor for Gent's post, which is a premier men's lifestyle publication. It's based in Toronto, national in scope. We have an actual growing U S audience base as well, which is really cool. Um, but digital publication, digital publication. Right? Yeah. Well, we'd like to get into a point where, you know, when you you know how publications start doing covers and every so often a publication will drop a physical cover. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like the cool thing to do, um, but we're not quite doing that. Um, So anyway, we there is this one individual who used to, to do some work. Uh, with the Stamina Group. Now, Jen's Post is part of the Stamina Group of publications that also includes Wander Eater and View the Vibe and whatnot. And So these
1: are all like Toronto-based, tro- kind of Toronto-focused publications. Well, don't? View the
0: Vibe is, is Toronto-based, very local. Yeah. Right? Uh, Wander Eater is for The Traveler, and it's global. Okay. And Jen's Post is Toronto-based, national in scope, but growing in the U.S., and the idea is to get it global because the topics are very global in nature it's not toronto centric Mm -hmm. um so um the individual had reached out and said hey i know this individual who would be like a perfect fit as a contributor to jen's post one
1: individual was talking about another individual
0: Pretty much. But the other (laughs) individual turned out to be Matthew.
1: (laughs) Okay. So So, who was the first individual? Her name was Meryl.
0: Okay. So Meryl reached out and said, she was doing some work, and uh, she reached out and just Mm -hmm. said, hey, Samir, you know, um, I know this individual named Matthew. I think he'd be a great fit. Would you like to meet him? And then what was it, like a video call or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then we just hit it off. We talked for about an hour about, you know, stuff he's into and why he would want to write for Jen's post. And from there, you just started writing for Jen's post. And then when the idea of Jen's talk, what Jen's talk, the podcast series, because there was a written format to it initially. Oh, okay. So when the idea for Jen's talk, the video series came up, it was just a natural, like, hey, let's just do this together and and run the thing.
1: Nice. So it's new. You guys know each other like a couple of years. Yeah. yeah a couple of years, yeah. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And then even itself, like Jen's post is around like it got started right when you guys got started right it's new uh
0: about so it started the initial i concept idea so steven bronco who is the, the creative director and editor-in-chief for all of the publications right so he uh came up with the idea for gent's post during covid during okay. the pandemic okay and uh reached out to me at some point i don't have the exact date and just said would you be interested in You know, I see the stuff you do online and, you know, you you talk a lot about these topics. So would you be interested in, you know, coming on board and supporting the publication? And Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, absolutely. This is great. It's middle of the pandemic. There's not really much going on. And I'm like, you know what? I've never done something like this in this space, but I'm interested in the topic. Um, And then from there, it was maybe a good six, seven months before then the conversation with Matthew happened. And after that, Jen's talk, like I said, was already up and running for since inception really because we were doing these interviews with us-based actors and musicians and entrepreneurs and i came up with the idea of jen's talk because Gen's post and mm-hmm. so uh it was always in written format and then we just sort of migrated into video when the opportunity to interview russell peters came up
1: right yeah. and how did that come up
0: uh so he was in town because he was doing some work with this real estate investment firm and random?
1: Very random. What? <laughs> yeah. It's like, who wants an apartment in the Russell complex? <laughs> the penthouse is owned by Russell. <laughs> so, if you're a good boy. Russell will invite you over for a drink. <laughs> so his uh, the
0: public relations group that was doing work with him, yeah. or with the, the real estate firm, reached out and said, hey, Samir, would you be interested in interviewing Russell Peters? And I thought, okay, cool. This could be another written segment, and it can help sort of bolster that You know, we're a serious publication. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped and I said, you know what, for about a year now, I've been doing these interviews over video. And every time I write about them, no matter how much time I spend writing, I can never fully capture the authenticity, the emotions, the the passion and what the person is saying and talking about. And so if there was ever a moment to convert it into a video podcast series, it was Russell Peters. And so we had hired a videographer. Uh, we ended up partner working at uh, a different studio, which was, and it was the same day we came here for the first time. Yeah, I
1: recall you came after the interview, right and you after. were like, "Why
0: did we do the interview there? Oh my god,
1: I wish we knew about this."
0: <laughs> so we we did it there. They were fantastic. It was at the Staples Studio. They did like they were really wonderful in helping us out. But um, we had to hire a videographer, and that's where there was a bit of a limitation in the sense of we had to to broker too many different moving parts and it For all sure. had to come together, which sure. made it so difficult, Yeah, but we were lucky that we were able to do it. The space was great. The, the videographer did his, his stuff and he was good too. Um, and then we sort of packaged it up and said, all right, can we actually turn this into something? And the moment we realized it can actually turn into something was when Russell had openly said, you know, during the pandemic, they were some of the darkest days in my life. Mm-hmm. And his ex had, you know, him and his ex had split up. She had taken his kid. And he's like, I'm in this 12,000 square foot house. I don't have a single photo of my child. And he's like, that was the darkest moment of my life. And when he was opening up to us... And I was like, this is episode number one. Mm -hmm. I was like, like, I think we're onto something here.
1: There's a lot to uncover through a series. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has stories to tell. Exactly. Um, So, okay. So let's talk about, you know, the, I guess the identity of the, you know, the publication and then the particular MO for the series. Mm -hmm. You know, what you're trying to achieve through the series and how you curate the guests. How do they relate?
0: So Jen's post, the publication has an ethos, which is redefining masculinity for the modern man. Now, in today's landscape, there's a lot of noise about what it means to be a man, right? Like, you've got varying spectrums and opinions on a man should be the strong stoic type to the man should be completely open with his emotions and and whatnot. And a lot of times, somewhere in the middle is where the majority are. Mm. And the idea wasn't to tell people that this is not a definition of a man. This is not a definition of a man. The idea was how do we just simply give people the information to make an informed decision, mm-hmm. right? If you're a man who still wants to portray a very strong masculine exterior, but you are also equally capable of showing emotion and vulnerability with your partner, with a therapist, if you needed one, with your family members, that, that you, that's okay. You can do that, and it doesn't make you less of a man. Mm-hmm. But the only real way that we can get to that audience was to have these conversations very out in the open. And so the idea was let's talk about the things that people still want to know about, which is food, travel, gear, tech, fashion, style. But at the same time, let's talk about things like confidence. Let's talk about things like vulnerability. Let's talk about if you're a man and you're balding, you know, how do you reconcile that?
1: Amen, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. You have a full head of hair. No, but check it. I mean, it happened to me. The other day I'm in the in the mirror. I'm in the bathroom. I'm getting ready for bed. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, shit, my hair's going. You know, and I was laughing at myself. And and my wife heard me laughing in the bathroom, right? Because we got two bathrooms. She's got too many products. <laughs> and I don't have many. So I like keeping it in my sink. But it was really funny because she comes and and I was like, you know, like check it out. I guess it was the pandemic, all that stress, it's all gone. And then she, she before I know it, like I turn around, she's laughing at me, whatever. She's putting some juice in my hair, man. She's rubbing this stuff in my head. I'm like, what is that? It burns, it burns. Get out my eyes. And she's like, it's not in your hair. She's a doctor, right? So she knows what she's putting in my head. And it's that, what's that shit that everyone uses? It's uh, Rogaine, man. Rogaine. She's putting <laughs> Rogaine in my hair. And I was like, no, no, don't do it, don't do it. Because <laughs> the truth of the matter is I don't care. You know, right. personally, I'm like, you know, when alopecia man alopecia
0: well there's a lot of men that care
1: i know there are that's just my way of kind of like uh connecting with pop culture and will smith you know (laughs) but like everyone has their own uh perspective on dealing with change and dealing with these you know the how i guess you know Mm. uh it's not even about gender it's really just about perhaps uh, these stories of, of even how people deal with change in their own ways, not necessarily finding a conduit normally, right? Mm. So how, how have you, as the series has continued, how have you guys found people opening up through their own ways on the mic? Is it like when they come into the studio to join you on the mic uh, versus when they leave, do you see a difference in them?
2: Absolutely. like Because you give them a safe space. So it's like they come in usually because you don't really know. And the first thing is always, oh, this is a nice studio." Like you always. That's for them. like, "Yeah, it's it's nice. Like, it has a nice. It has a nice. We're here to talk, right? Like a very and even with the the room, it's the dark colors. has a very okay. We're actually here to talk. Mm. And you start talking, and once you warm up, and it's like okay, you really get into that situation, and we we'll start talking. Like everyone's real people. Like you know, we're just gonna have a regular conversation. And so they usually even just like, oh, "That's good." Like you yeah, know, sometimes you of relaxed. "Yeah, something they'll even ask. They'll say." How was that? I was like not to us. How was it for you? Like yeah. if how's it feel for you? If you feel good after, that's the whole point of it, because you're gonna get you're getting something off your chest. You're talking about something you need to talk about, something that we all wanna talk about, you're going through through your story. So they always like feel obviously not, not everybody, but for the majority, they feel like, you know, like yeah, like it was nice. It was you know, let it's do again, it's another conversation and
0: mm-hmm. you know, We've even had guests tell us after the fact, that, like, man, that was really therapeutic for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was actually having a really bad day that day. And I was coming in here for this series, trying to get myself ready to go. And after I left, I felt great. I got to to get stuff off my chest. We've had people talk about things they've never talked about publicly. We've had one person, for example, share that they had thoughts of harming themselves. Mm -hmm. And I'd never admit that to anybody, right? not to their closest yeah, very friends, very personal, very personal stories, things. And, yeah. and the idea behind it was always, how do we just create a space where it's okay to share those things with free of judgment, free of any biases, just share your story because in all likelihood there are tons of other people out there that feel the same way.
1: Yeah. And if people can connect with the story, they can find truths for themselves in Other people's narratives. It's interesting because in this like hypercharged social networking driven, you know, media landscape today, um, often cases, well, I mean, I find this often cases, you know, what gets replicated in social media is just the old school push media way of preparing ads. People are advertising themselves to each other. Eat my identity, eat my identity, eat my identity all day long. Buy me, buy me, buy me, like, subscribe, click. Mm -hmm. So dialogue is really interesting to sit back as an audience member and digest because you see back and forth, you see exchange, right? It's a different consumption pattern, I think. It is.
0: And what's interesting about what you're saying is when Instagram and Facebook sort of first came on, it was always about creating the perfect photo, the perfect image, the perfect video, and everybody... everybody moved in that direction. And if you couldn't create the perfect image with the right angles and the right lighting, people didn't care for it. Mm -hmm. But there's been so much of that, that now people just want more raw and organic things. They want to, you know, their favorite influencer and artist and musician to show their authentic side. Them in the studio creating the music, not just hearing the music. They want to know what goes on behind the curtains. They want to hear from those individuals.
1: It's so funny because fundamentally, I mean, there's two massively competing kind of owners of the phrase BTS or the acronym BTS, right? There's the Korean pop group, if you know who I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. And then you've got behind the scenes. And mm-hmm. and BTS is is definitely, I think, one of the catch acronyms of, of the of the kind of zeitgeist right now for short. Yeah. People want to see and you see it every in every type of kind of media production has to have some sort of behind the scenes look, uh, in it's released because people do, uh, they have an interest in not just breaking down how something was produced. If it's a music video, how did you, what camera lens did you use? But they kind of want to know that it's true. Yes. In yeah, that
2: way. The, Maybe the BTS, the behind the scenes, just shows them as real people. So at least, you know, like, you know, it's, it's that who that person is. Right. Yeah.
1: So. so it's it's really cool that I think that, yeah, that you guys have, have pursued this uh, series and have, offered your guests the ability to connect with an audience in that new way you know yeah um and you're just getting started how many episodes deep have you guys gone
0: we've released episode 27? 27 27 this past monday yeah. yeah and uh hmm. i think we've filmed now about 31 or 32 episodes total so we're we're, we're banking episodes because you know, we don't always film life, you know, life happens. Life happens. Yeah, it's tough to stick guests to a production cycle. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes or they, they have to reschedule because it's also the caliber of the guests that we're bringing on. They've got very busy schedules. Some of them are actors, athletes, entrepreneurs. They're always all over the place. Um, and then, you know, we want to ensure that we were running a schedule where we filmed and then we published the same like five days later. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was always this mad rush to get it done. And it just like running creating. a newspaper, man.
1: Yeah, right. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like having
0: the bank allows us to at least relax and breathe a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, tell me some anecdotes guys. How's it been going with your guests? Who have you had in the studio? Interesting things that pop out to you personally, individually. Um, Samir, you want to just jump sure. off? With that?
0: Um, so we've had, in terms of guests we've had on, like we've had Canada's top chef and Trey Sanderson, who just won. We've had just Donovan Bailey, Canadian legend. Literally today, right? Literally he was today. just uh, sitting just in this right room. before here. Yeah, you he were sitting right here. Um, <laughs> and we've had on Wallace Wong, Chef Devin. We've had on Carl Wolf, Diego Snow. We've had on. I'm like forgetting. But names any now.
1: particular anecdote from any of those interviews for you personally that that resonated? Uh, I've said
0: this before publicly, and I'll say it again. It was when we had so. There is a gentleman by the name of Hamza Aziz who runs a, a YouTube, a popular YouTube channel called "What Motivated You," where he just goes up to you know the average individual, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of like. On the one hand, we have conversations with celebrities and athletes and people who've accomplished public-facing success. Mm-hmm. He has conversations with individuals like ER nurses, people who don't have the the big social media following, but he asks them what motivated them, and he was the individual that openly shared as an ER nurse himself that he had thoughts of harming himself Mm. and it was such a powerful moment for me because it was the first time you know you hear it you see it in movies and all these things and you hear about it in the news but it was the first time that not only was someone saying it to me but that I was in the presence of hearing it live Mm -hmm. and his openness to sharing that was sort of a An awakening moment because it made me realize that there's still a lot of work to be done in this space particularly for men because we struggle so much to talk about these things and far too often men are electing to choose are electing to take their own lives as opposed to seeking the help they need and it's a shame because we're losing a lot of men that way and so it really reinvigorated my belief in what we're doing and emphasize that we need to be doing more. We need to have more of these conversations. We need to get more
1: people talking about this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a powerful moment yeah. for sure. For sure. Matthew? Mine would have been with
2: Carl Wolf. And I'm not going to remember Carl exactly Wolf what, is an
1: artist? V- yeah. Like visual artist? He's a musician. Musician. Musician,
2: yeah. okay. I'm not going to say exactly what he said, but how I understood it was pretty much you don't have to be number one you can still be top 10 and eat very well mm. like you can still take care of your family everything but it's always still strive to be number one but like don't like you know so to me i took that as in like even like with our podcast obviously you want to be number one be the best podcast Normal, like hey if we're number three number four that's that's still really good yeah. right and it's just that like, it's a that really opened up my eyes and i could really like start looking at things different and always reach to be the best but like it's okay if you're if, if you don't make it the best because you can still accomplish so many things and have all these all the things that you think being the best means mm-hmm. gets you. You can still get all that at, at ten, mm-hmm. at probably even twenty. At this point, probably even twenty five. If you're the top in that of whatever you're doing, so that that one really
1: stuck with me. Yeah, that's a powerful one too because it's an interesting thing that like as you interview people that are probably in everyone's mind you're the best at something Mm -hmm. you know and it's not about a competition it can be overtly like you said if you're an athlete being the best means you got to win that title Mm -hmm. right Um, but if you're like an accountant being the best might mean getting the best tax return for your client (laughs) that no one knows about you Mm -hmm. know so it's a personal journey fundamentally because you're answerable to only yourself and and hearing that in people's you know, anecdotes and their own stories is pretty powerful, totally. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I think it's also really cool that you guys have kind of, it seems like you've picked up on this Canadian angle. Like, we are here in Toronto, we're in person, uh, and I think it's really nice to bring locals that understand or at least all work in the same city, live in the same city, um, and, and show some of the diversity in those perspectives as Torontonians, as Canadians. Is that something that's part of the programming mandate?
0: Well, it, it was interesting because the idea, like I mentioned earlier, of Jen's post is that it's working towards these, ki- these types of conversations for Canadian men. Mm-hmm. But as we're starting to see a growing U.S. audience and actually, funny enough, a growing U.K.-based audience, we're realizing that these conversations transcend borders. And because they transcend borders, we want to start to influence these conversations or at least have these conversations with men from different backgrounds, right? And so we're fortunate, though, in the sense of because we're in Toronto and we're filming in Toronto and Toronto is such a hub in North America, there's always people coming in and out, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's for major festivals like TIFF or whether they're just coming through because, you know, they're in town for something. People do like Toronto. People like Toronto, so... So it's right now. We've been fortunate in that it's easier to acquire talent. Like if we were doing this in, you know, no disrespect, but if we're doing this in Winnipeg, it's a lot harder to get talent out there
1: in the peg. Unless it's like you know, biomedical researchers,
0: or people who play for like the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you no, know I I,
1: mean? I get it. Toronto has a lot of living links to the world. Exactly,
0: yeah. and yeah. Uh, that allows us where we're now at a point where we have people from the U.S. reaching out saying, hey. I'm going to be in Toronto in two months, three months. Can I come on? So we're now at a See, point I where love people that. are reaching out. Mm-hmm.
1: That's brilliant. That's the best thing about an audience growing is mm. having a participatory audience. Yeah. 100%. Right? Because
0: yeah. that's when you really start to build a community. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that we really want to try to do here is build a community for. Uh, of, I'm going to use the term followers, but community members, people mm-hmm. who actually listen to the podcast, want to engage in these conversations they actively share it because they know the importance of these conversations
1: so I guess it sounds like you want to expand the dialogue from this table out amongst the audience Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh, to that end, I mean, what's coming up, I guess, in the next little while, or at least let's talk about the beginning of 2023. I mm-hmm. forgot about that, especially when you're in the studio, you don't know what month it is. <laughs> or uh, what time it is. Or what time yeah. it is. But um, what's planned for this year? Are you guys looking at doing an in-person conference or any other programming outside of the, the magazine, the digital magazine and the, um,
0: Well, um, podcast. Happy to announce that as mm-hmm. of January 1st, 2023, uh, the first 15 episodes of Jen's talk, which is season one, mm-hmm. are now featured on all domestic international air Canada flights. Yay! <laughs> <Yeah>. It's a <laughs> it's huge, good, yeah. it's like so a this huge is thing. Guys do this. Get, yeah.
1: get, you got to pat yourselves on yeah. the back. Yeah. Good job, buddy. <laughs> no, we got that, man. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> baby. Let's get it. <laughs> man. Um,
0: but it's incredible because That's amazing. it sort of yeah. just came out of nowhere. Like we didn't have, yeah, how did that even happen? Back? So when we did the interview with Wes Hall, Wes Hall, for those who don't know him is an uber successful CEO, uh, he goes by the name the uh, the King of Bay Street. You right? mm-hmm. hear a lot of Wall Street type names and titles. He goes by the King of Bay Street. Um, went from living on a plantation in Jamaica to climbing the corporate ranks on Bay Street here in Toronto, mm-hmm. and had an incredible story. And he was in the process of releasing his book, and he had come on to talk about sort of his journey. And I guess when his episode went live. Um, An Air Canada exec or someone at Air Canada, his name is Norman, had reached out, had seen it, and he told us, and so when he reached out, he told us that he ended up watching all the other episodes that day. Wow. And uh, was so enamored, I guess, by the content itself Mm -hmm. that he felt he needed to reach out. And I don't want to speak for him, obviously, but felt that he needed to reach out and say, how do we get this on our flights? That's brilliant. So that was in October. Yeah. And we'd been working on that. Uh, Since October, and I had to. We had to keep this as a secret for so long, which was really tough one to sit on, right? You're so
1: proud and excited, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, now we're at a point where you know every other day we're getting like a a text, a photo, or a video from someone who was on an Air Canada flight, and it's just like our clips that are there, and it's just an incredible, yeah. It's just surreal, but in those moments when. And I, and I I know you've had this we've talked about this where we're just like man is anybody even watching this thing mm-hmm. it reinforces that there are people watching it and while the audience size may not be where you ultimately want it to get to when you look at other podcasts that are out there it's getting there it's getting slow there slow and it's still, yeah it's still
2: it's still an infinite it's, it's still early months. and it's crazy because it's still so early yeah and you just want to just like just hit the moon man just, yeah. just hit the moon but it's just it's I feel like it's in that process of waiting, and that's like the the most difficult part. But it's obviously, yeah. you know, you're talking to the main thing with me about, especially with talking to all these people, is just it's the it's the message, like just it's like be patient and be secure in your knowledge of what you're gonna do, and make sure you like if you're gonna do it, just just do it, like mm-hmm. you know, don't don't let anybody else tell you, and it's crazy because even like this year, like we both our schedules had a little bit more freedom in it and we're like, okay, let's take this time to really just go like all in mango balls deep. Let's just give it our all. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if we're going to do this, let's do it.
0: He's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. let's go. (laughs) Like like, like, a lot of it, it, like credit where credit is due. When we first started, um, after we filmed the Russell interview, like we said, we came here and we're like, the space is Perfect. Right, like it's got the turnkey solution, which is exactly what we needed because I'm not a tech guy, you're not a tech guy, we don't know how to do what Poncho the magician in the booth does for mm. us. Yeah, putting and pieces so, together, whether right. it's infrastructure, yeah. to even
1: the space and to like the everything, it's exactly. so
0: difficult. And having yeah. sort of being central in Toronto also made it just another like more gravy on top type of thing. It's easier for guests to get to to, to central locations. It's not like they got to go to Vaughn or something. Right. And so having that turnkey solution meant it's one major element we didn't have to worry about. We could focus on quality and the guests. Exactly. The content. Exactly. And then of course, like none, like the very onset of this started with our, like our presenting sponsor, which is Belova. We, showed them just the one episode the russell episode and they're just like zara and her team were amazing they're just like yep we're in we we think that this could be something big we really believe in what you guys are building and we want to be part of this journey and sort of like it really took what's that saying where like it takes a community takes a, a village, a to village. Take a child? yeah mm-hmm. like, it, it really feels like one of those where it took a village to, where everything had to align properly to work out and so we've we feel like we've found a nice little groove between coming in filming our partners working with the guests like we found that that nice process where mm-hmm. you know everything it just happens in sync type of thing
1: you're not building you're doing
0: exactly yeah,
1: yeah that's a good feeling yeah. and that's the feeling also that hopefully helps mitigate that drive to want to see a resolve, right? Yeah. So I understand that trying to climb the the mountain thing, but at the same time, you know, you, you can pause and say, Hey, I, I am a climber. Yeah. I don't need to be a climber by having reached the top, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. So working, yeah.
1: So I think that's that's a huge accomplishment in itself is just getting into the swing of things. Yeah. And, and the
0: quality to the content that you were talking about super important when when people come in and they sit here and they see the cameras, they see like they're not sitting in and they see an iPhone on a tripod, mm-hmm. right? Like that, given the caliber of the guests that we have in, that matters to them mm-hmm. because they're accustomed to sitting in front of professional cameras and professional lighting and all these things. So if we were putting in front of them anything less than that, then they start to doubt the credibility of what we're doing. And mm-hmm. so when they see the, the production that goes into it, They immediately say, okay, this is legitimate. I like this. I'm ready. What do you, like, talk to me. What do you need from me?
1: It's nice to hear that feedback that the environment is not only conducive to enabling people to feel at ease because it's familiar, but also that it's not ostentatious. It's not overbearing. If you're in a TV studio... And you've got a false ceiling, and you've got false walls, and you've got twenty camera, mm-hmm. you know, crew, and like things are moving around. Yeah. It's tough to get intimate, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, it's. I really, I agree with you. I think this studio is special. It's got, it's kind of got the best of all worlds: professional, turnkey uh, utilization. Yeah. yeah, but at the same yeah. time, it's intimate, right?
2: Yeah, it's like it's not overwhelming, but it's still like it makes them want the BTS. <laughs> yeah, like, like you get them. They're like, oh, this is this is. Just, just, yeah, this is good. This is nice. Oh, yeah. like, oh, they always like, oh, this is nice. This is nice, right? So then it's not like, like you know, if it's too much of a production, it's the more like, then I guess you got to feel like you're more on stage too, right? Right. So still, like you said, the Performance same. anxiety. Yeah, like if it's I think oh, now I got to really watch what I'm saying because like there's so much, like, you know, it kind of breaks down. It's like still like compact,
1: mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah, it's interesting. And especially when you talk about like your guests, they're used to being in front of audiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but a big part of a lot of those identities are, you know, uh, building a brand and, and kind of enforcing that maybe not facade, but built identity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to, to kind of like shed that a little bit and you need to relax, you know, mm-hmm. it's funny, although I did see the King of Bay street the other day, uh, he was sitting just around the court for me. I was invited uh, by a new friend who is uh, who's the former manager of uh, I guess former or current manager of um, there's a pop star. I'm not up to music, you know. I still listen to stuff from the '90s all the time. Uh, but uh, Jesse Ray's okay. I know who right? that is. Yeah. So Jesse's manager, I guess, Maurizio. He, we met. We were talking about cool projects that we want to work on. And he was like, hey, I got tickets to the game. And I'm like, cool. I haven't been to a game in a decade. Not since like Vince Carter (laughs) was around. And I'll go with you. And so we were sitting and I just expected, oh, it's going to be a pain in the butt. We're going to have to find parking and line up and all this stuff. And little did I know it. He leads me through some back passage. He's fist bumping all these dudes. Hey, yo, what's up, bro? What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Bro, 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 bro. I'm like, how many bros do you have? This is tons of too many bros. (laughs) And everyone knew him at the court cuz he's always there. Right. Um and then we sat right right on the court. Like nice. you know, and I was, it was amazing because I didn't realize how tall these basketball players are. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm Massive. looking I'm
2: like they're huge. Yeah. And
1: yeah. they're 22. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about this. This is a little s- weird anecdote here, but it only hit me when I was there court side and i saw the king of bay street over there and then my point about him also was that he was looking exceptionally dapper as usual in his three-piece with his colleague that was also in some funky three-piece suit and they're lounging they're sitting back. Mm-hmm. they're sitting back looking around just chilling and i was like that's good man you know to be in a three-piece suit at a basketball game at the front lounging. relaxing lounging that's it mm-hmm. good it's a good vibe and anyway but um it hit me sitting there courtside, looking at these twenty-two-year-olds at the height of their career, in some ways, and that's a whole other topic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, athletes and lifelong careers and the question mark, and maybe something you talked about with Donovan Bailey, but um, but I looked at that and I was like, everyone in the world watches sports. People at the height of their, you know, showmanship and ability. At such a young age, and it is kind of interesting because I realize I'm 42. I'm looking at a 22-year-old, and all these dudes are in their 20s. But there's a s- subconscious assumption that we relate to the sports people, you know. And it's mm. not about stage in life, of course, right. like it's, but it's really interesting. It just hit me at that point, and of course, everyone around the. On the floor around the ring was not in their twenties because you can't <laughs> be to afford those tickets. I don't know how people do well, that. But.
0: It's it's funny you say that. So we've had on two athletes now: yeah. Jonathan Osorio, who plays for Toronto FC and was just in Qatar for Team Canada at the FIFA World Cup, and Donovan Bailey. We haven't had any other. Athletes. Oh, I saw Dan Deering. Dan Deering, of course, professional volleyball player. Professional oh, volleyball cool. player who's on his uh, his episode drops this coming Monday. Nice. Um, so he's on the path to to Paris 2024 and the Canadian duos beach men's volleyball. Nice. Um, And the sort of the takeaway from those three conversations was, you know, you're doing what you can within the time that you're allotted because your career is finite, right? Like if you, we talked about accountants earlier. If you want to become an accountant, you know you can go into that field and be in that field until you're 60-plus years old and then some if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. As a professional athlete, Donovan today said something along the lines of father time catches up to you and that's it. And Jonathan Osorio said the exact same thing. And Dan said the exact same thing about how, you know, like you get to a certain period where your body just stops working in that way and you have to call it quits.
1: The corollary, of course, is, you know, the rock in mm-hmm. ballers, right? Wasn't yes. that the story of ballers, right? Mm-hmm.
0: It's funny you say that. I was actually just finishing the series a couple of days ago. Oh, it's a great yeah. one. Hey, eh? it's a good series.
1: Um, it's a good show. Yeah, good show. It's a oh. shame it's over, it's never I was coming gonna ask, back.
0: Are they like, is there more to it? Because it feels like there's a lot of unfinished.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that it's been renewed. I feel like, uh, oh. he had too many things going on or something. There's some drama, I'm sure, some studio drama. <laughs> there's always blame the pandemic. I don't know what happened. True. Yeah. Um, okay, but so I think. It's really cool that you guys are on Air Canada, you know, just to pick up that thread of kind of what's coming up this year. Season one, you said, is live. Is it going to keep being added to the catalog? So
0: we're in the process of uh, we're still filming, obviously, season two. And so once we roll out season two and that's completed, we basically start working on getting season two up onto all the same flights. Uh, There's about 450 flights. They fly 52 million people a year. So it's an insane number to comprehend, and mm-hmm. we don't expect that all 52 million, as nice as it would be, would watch. But if we, even if we got like one yeah. percent of that, that's 520,000 eyeballs.
1: So how is it categorized on the in-flight entertainment system for people that are watching this and want to, f- you know, watch more on, on the flight that they're about to board?
0: So very simply, uh, right now we have hero status, which basically means. It, It's similar to when you turn on Netflix and it starts to show you some of the newest things like that little, it shows you three second, the photo and the title, and then it moves on to the next one, like a Mm -hmm. slideshow. Feature, yeah. So we have that. And then we're in the documentaries and lifestyle section under TV shows. Cool. Um, But the impression that we got was that Air Canada is looking at expanding their offerings to include more things like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know what that means, whether it's, it means there's going to be a new category, category or something. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: love that because there's so many Canadian stories. There's so much Canadian content that's mm-hmm. produced for web, produced for digital, um, that you know can reach so many larger audiences through avenues like 100%, this. 100%, yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. Um, last question about the serialization of the content. Mm-hmm. How do you guys... How did you choose the end and the beginning of each series or season
2: um they just wanted the what was it, the first fifteen yeah it was it was okay it was arbitrary like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like it wasn't it wasn't supposed to we didn't we, when you started filming it wasn't like we're doing seasons we're kind yeah. of just filming and then when they won the first fifteens like, okay, that's a season call that I think at that point we
0: were at we were already at like 16, Oh, sorry we we just finished e, we just finished fifteen. We had our, we had a couple filmed and we were in the process of publishing, but we're like, you know what, is a nice number. Yeah. We'll just here's fifteen episodes. This is now season one, and that's why like season actually, two is going to be a bit longer. Yeah, but
2: then season three will probably go back down to about fifteen.
1: It's yeah. funny because it's been you know a function of the format. It's a descriptor, of course, in the XML feed for RSS and, and, and like uh, podcasting uh, that you can do that. They can kind of clump episodes into seasons, but. Like, I never think about doing that, you know? Mm-hmm. So even for our own podcasts, like I used to have a podcast with like 150 episodes. And that's yeah, all, yeah. But someone seeing that on their app is, season one, 150 episodes. They're yeah. like, I can't wait till season two comes out, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 300 exactly. episodes. Yeah,
0: Like, it, it, we never really thought about <laughs> doing it in came. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was always just like, you know what? We'll just keep filming, keep publishing. Yeah. And that's <laughs> kind of how happens. things work. Now
2: it's like, just makes perfect sense that it's in season, but it's just natural. Like it just flow. So it wasn't like, continue. We're like oh, we got, let's do seasons. Like if this opportunity came, we could do seasons. And I said, okay, now let's, we're obviously doing seasons now, right? Yeah, yeah. So now it's okay. How long is second season gonna be? Third season's gonna be, right? So it makes it good to even, you know, present to sponsors, yeah. right? And we could always see some more sponsors, you know?
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that takes that us to shout outs and <laughs> you know and word ups. So some
2: sponsors. You know. for
1: people in the audience that are watching this, that are listening uh, all around the world, who wanna reach out to the hosts of gents talk on the gents post Uh, let's just put it out there guys any final words in terms of things you're looking for if it's guests if you're looking for any volunteer or otherwise staff opportunities to help with the publication on either side Um, and otherwise where can people find you channels
0: yeah absolutely so if they're on the gents post side, so on the media publication side if they're writers or they have stories they want to pitch they can easily send it off to hello at gentspost.com. If they want to pitch themselves as a guest, uh, the easiest thing they can do is to go on our Instagram page, which is gentspost, and simply follow us first. first. (laughs) Like every possible thing that's there. But uh, also just send us a, a DM because part of our filtering system, if you will, for guests is very much... You know, what are you currently doing that's of relevance? Mm-hmm. What have you done that's of relevance? Um, because there are, you know, I, I hate that as I hate how pretentious this sounds, but we're targeting a very certain caliber of guests because we want to showcase that the people who've achieved that forward facing success also have stories behind that. And that's what we're really trying to focus on Mm -hmm. which does mean that the the series is not exactly guest wise for the everyday person there are podcasts that are like that but this is not one of them um but we are looking at bringing in more experts you know whether they're psycho experts nutritionists fitness experts that kind of thing um and same thing they could find us on all our socials um it's either gents post or gents talk it'll always be one of the two we do have differentiating names only because Jen's post is still the publication that powers Jen's talk, the series.
1: Sure. Yeah. Nice.
0: Social media manager.
1: Social media People manager would be cool. Social media manager. Yeah. Someone
2: wants to help out. Like the posting is tiring. Tiring. It's a lot. It's a lot of
0: work. It's
2: a lot. That would re- that would really help.
0: Yeah. Anyone who's interested in that space, like even a, you know, a. Um, like a video we we have a video editor Roman who does uh, our post production stuff so Poncho of course helps us out in the studio while we're here Roman takes over after the fact um but if there was someone who let's say was interested in coming to the studio on the days that we film to to do more BTS stuff cuz we there try to the do BTS that again mm, yeah yeah but we try to do a lot of that and then we're also semi distracted with all right let's make sure the guest is in they're ready to go. You know, everyone's set. Sure thing that we sometimes forget to do the other stuff we need to do, or we just don't have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. So, if there was someone that was interested in stuff okay. like that, it's also always something we're open to. Wicked. Yeah.
1: Wicked guys, it was nice spending time. Actually, you know, taking a moment because we're always seeing each other in the hallway, yeah, passing, and yeah. I'm always finishing up work, being like, "All right, guys, yeah, 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 talk soon." <laughs> so, so cool spending some time and sharing your story with with the Startwell audience as well.
0: No, thanks for having us, and anyone that's looking for a turnkey solution that offers you everything, trust us. Check out the <laughs> Startwell Studio. It's it's clutch.
1: Thanks, yeah. man. This is a great studio. Right on. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, bro.
2: Thank you,
0: bro. I wasn't sure if you're gonna give me a prop, so <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm old school. So I, I do like the handshake. Right, we did the go. reverse do a, we'll handshake. Now we do one. the forward handshake. <laughs> all the handshakes, man.
0: Appreciate it. Thanks all for right. having us. Look at.